1958, John C. Koss invented the world's first SP3 stereophone here in Milwaukee and forever changed the way we all listen to music. Koss Corporation is proud to support the Experience Milwaukee podcast and its listeners with the world's greatest headphones. Hang on. Are you ready? Well, I'm not. <laughs> Adam. Hey, Steve. How are you? It's another episode of the Experience Milwaukee Podcast. Another. How, how, how are you? I'm lovely. I am in the home studio as per the usual. Definitely not a dingy basement. Oh, good. Against yeah. a uh, foundational wall. Yeah. But uh, definitely in, not that. You know, in a happy place. Yeah. Uh, are you drinking a happy place? No, I am not drinking a happy place. But speaking of happy place, um, our sponsors put us in one. Yes, I am okay. normally. Well, the two of us were normally uh, would normally be drinking some few bourbon or few something, and yes. uh, and some uh, or indeed some indeed beer. Yeah, slamming a flavor wave. IPA maybe. Oh, I love the flavor I wave, yeah. I actually do too, and I'm coming from a guy who hates uh, IPAs. I know that's saying something. Converted you, and uh, usually, well, I mean, always we have our cost stereo phones, which I call headphones on. Gotta, gotta wear those. Yeah, yeah. I. Slept that's on how I hear night. you. <laughs> Again. Yeah, and then uh, usually we're coming to you live from the Transfer Pizzeria Cafe Studio. Not yet. But sadly, not yet. Not yet. 20, Maybe 2020 has smacked us across the face without it, it has having our studio at transfer, which sucks. But I will say this. Are you ready? I don't know. Yes. Tonight, in my glass, which is plastic, because I use it, it's a, it, I use it for outdoor, and I don't like... Oh, okay. You know, I, I thought maybe that was a safety issue. It's safety, too, because then when I set it down, it's not as loud on the mic. Mm, you know? Very nice. But in my uh, rocks glass cup, tonight, tonight is Twisted Path. Oh, that's interesting. Now, why would you have Twisted Path in your glass tonight, Because said. Because, that's a good question, we have... Brian from Twisted Path Distillery on the podcast. Finally, Brian, how are you? I'm well. I am well. Thank um, you. This is maybe not for you, Brian, but this has been a long time coming for Adam and me. We have uh, admired your work uh, and um, are really excited to have you tonight. Uh, this is going to be a really amazing. I, I know some of your story, but I know we'll get into some other things and Adam's got uh, maybe a question, I think, too. So uh, that'll be good. I'm only allowed one per episode, Brian. <laughs> you don't look at the guest. <laughs> you have an allowance? <laughs> yes, I have an allowance of questions. <laughs> so um, I, we're, okay, we're, okay. we're going to get into some stuff. But, uh, Brian, I have I made, um, well, I, I went about the routine of making a Manhattan, but I subbed in. And I know some people might not, you know, like this, but I did sub in your dark rum instead of bourbon. Oh, hell yeah. It's so good. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the naysayers, by the way, just call it something else. Just yeah. call it, or, or just say, or it's a riff on 
a Manhattan. It, ooh, I yeah. like that. Yeah. And, right. Then then you're then you're fine. Then nobody will yeah. argue with you. Well, that's not the right way to do a Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> it's a collaboration, okay? Yeah. Uh, the riff it's, on it, man. It's how, uh, yeah. Go ahead. So what do you think? What do you think? Oh, it's so delicious. I've I, I used actually chocolate and cherry bitters. Ah. And so yeah. I've got the rum with the vermouth and then the that little bit of flavor to kind of top it off. It's super good. Nice. Yeah, the rum is the rum is almost whiskey like. It is. Um or, at least, or for for most people it is because most people are not used to that style of rum. Um and it, so it, it's really been fun that one in particular. That actually funny story, that rum is what drove me to start a distillery. But that's sort of an aside. That that's rum. what I was making Go ahead. Yeah, I was making I was making that in a little beer keg still in my kitchen with black plastic over the windows because that's a federal crime. Uh, I was I was moonshining that rum in my house, um, and that's what uh, that the, drinking that is what made me think. Wait, maybe I can do this for a living. That's incredible because the rum, your dark rum, is what pulled me in the twisted path. Mm. Because I actually, I, what I learned early on is it's it's very good. Um, I just had never done this before. I'm sure many people have, but it's very good sipping neat. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And of course, I've I've gone too far down that rabbit hole. So now I just sip it neat. I like because I can. Mm-hmm. I sip it re- neat, like straight out of the barrel. <laughs> just at bar- just at oh, barrel proof. Oh man, yeah, so awesome. Around 120 proof, and it's. Uh, it's so delicious. Um, in and, fact, and with that, and with that, I've now discovered what my next drink is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We've just gracefully come upon your next yep. drink, <laughs> and that's decided. All right, all right. I, our work is done, Adam. <laughs> hey, we uh, did what we set out to do. <laughs> well, before we get, I, so I've got a couple other things of my experiences with Twisted Path, but before we get too deep into that, let's back up a little bit and just. Get the high level backstory about you know you and your twisted path to twisted path. Oh, I all see right. What you did there. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> it's almost as if that the branding ties right into what the whole story is. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm from I'm from Milwaukee originally. I, you know, I grew up here and I went to UW Milwaukee undergrad. Um, and then uh, you know, well, I don't know if people know to start with. Is Twisted Path is a distillery here in Milwaukee. I don't know if people know that, um, but right here in Bayview, um, I make spirits from scratch. Um, and uh, but 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 then the background going back is I'm from Milwaukee. I grew up here. I went to UW Milwaukee undergrad, um, finishing in the late '90s. And uh, for some reason, I got a I got I got kind of a uh, I got committed to the idea that I wanted to work in counterterrorism. Uh-huh. Which was a little bit, which was a little bit weird in the late '90s before uh, 9/11, uh-huh. and um, so I moved to DC. I got a job with the Department of Defense, who lent me to the CIA to uh, do counterterrorism analysis, um, and I went onto the Bin Laden team. So I was on the Bin Laden team, hunting down Bin Laden, playing Where's Waldo in Afghanistan, um, from 2000 onwards, and um, including 9/11. Um, then about 2003, um, when the war in Afghanistan had sort of uh, stabilized, I guess, for a lack of a better term, we sort of, after we'd taken over Afghanistan, basically, um, I went into the clandestine service at the CIA, uh, 
when it's sort of field tradecraft training and things like that. Uh, I'd worked in counterintelligence operations for about three years. Um, and I actually went on leave from the CIA to go to law school in Madison. Uh, and the idea was originally then to go back to intelligence work, but with a law degree and change the direction of my career uh, rather than being an intelligence officer overseas, but more domestic intelligence collection policy. Uh-huh. Uh, but in but in law school in Madison, I met my wife. And, and everything changed. changed. And everything <laughs> changed. Um, and uh, so we did, we decided that we wanted to raise kids and do the family thing. Uh, we decided that we wanted to do it in Milwaukee. And if we're going to do the family thing, we that's the top priority. Uh-huh. And doing doing that the way we think is best for us, you know, and for our family, that's the top priority. Jobs come second. Right. So, and we wanted to live in Milwaukee for a variety of reasons. And so we moved to Milwaukee and was like, all right, well, what are we going to do for a living? And I quit this, quit the CIA and um, because there's none of that kind of stuff going on here. And um, I looked, there's nothing interesting. And uh, (laughs) I'm still looking. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, nothing, nothing. Yeah, counterintelligence, counterterrorism. There's none of that, none of that, really. Um, so, uh, moved here. I, I had then just completed law school, so uh, I was like, all right, I guess I'll be a lawyer. And uh, I went to work for the for the for the DA's office here in Milwaukee. So I was a criminal prosecutor uh, for state crimes. Um, so I did uh, violent violent crimes and some public corruption stuff. Uh-huh. Um, did that for maybe four years or so. Um, that for a variety of reasons, just wasn't going to cut the mustard indefinitely. I just, I, it wasn't really my passion. Also all pay was frozen oh, <laughs> indefinitely, sure. yeah. uh, just state level politics at the time. Uh, and it was just like, yeah, well, I mean, I don't really, asp- I don't need to be rich. I'm not that guy. I don't need a BMW, whatever. Um, but I do need to be able to buy my kid a winter jacket and not worry about it. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was just, it was frozen too low. So I was like, all right, well, we got to look around. So I went to a law firm um, very briefly. Um, pretty much upon sitting, stepping foot in a law firm, I was like, eh, this isn't going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> friends, of, friends of mine, actually, when I when I first got the job, uh, I told an old friend of mine, I said, hey, I got a new job. And they're like, hey, what, what, what is it? I said, I'm going to be doing banking and bankruptcy law at a law firm. <laughs> and she just laughed. She just laughed and said, that's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that sounds right. Shit. <laughs> and yeah, so that I was always, I went to um, a downtown law firm for a, a, about a year. Um, but pretty quickly upon arriving at the law firm, I realized, all right, I gave up a career I really liked and as did my wife uh-huh. so that we could live in Milwaukee. So we could live in Milwaukee and raise kids the way we want to raise kids, right? So we gave up the jobs we love so that we could raise kids the way we want to do it. I am now in a job I hate and I work so much or I have to be at work so much that it's going to screw up family life. Yep. So yeah. now I got, so now we got neither. It's like we could chase her career or my, my, her previous career or my previous career. And at least one of us would love our jobs and fuck up family life. Yep. Um, but you know, now we got neither. So I was like, all right, well back to the drawing board. So blank slate. All right. Well, we still want to raise kids in Milwaukee. That's still the, so what are we going to do for a living? And we thought about it and it was like, you know what? The happiest people, you know, the, 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 the ticket seems to be for us from our point of view at this time is be your own boss 
you know, make drive your own train, make your own, you know, where we're in charge of our own destiny. And so it's your own business and it's something you love doing. Uh-huh. That, that seemed to be the ticket. Um, easier so said than done. Do. Easier said than oh, done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, that was, that was actually part of it. The you know, we were trying to be, you know, not too uh, naive about it. Where it's like, because it's gotta be something you love because you're going to do a hell of a lot of it. Mm-hmm. If you're going to try to start a business, we know it's going to be a ton of work. You got to pour your heart and soul into it and a lot of time, but at least you get to choose when. Right. And, um, but it better be something you love because you're going to put so much time and effort into it. Um, and so we, we thought about it and I was home distilling at the time. Don't tell anybody. But this is a private conversation, right? This podcast has zero listeners, so we're, we're fine. That is yeah. correct. Yeah. This podcast. is totally private. Can you yeah, speak okay. into the mic okay. a little closer? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah we're, we're actually past the statute of limitations, so I'm good on this now. Good. Um, we, so I was home distilling at the time, and um, uh, it seemed like I was good at it. Um, I really liked it. And the more we thought about it and looked into it, it was like, you know, a lot of the a lot of the things that are hard about this are the things I'm good at, you know, for any given idea or business, it's like, well, what are the hard parts of this? Um, and for this, a lot of the hard parts were things, things I was, I, I really liked taking on. And I seemed, I felt like I was good at, and it seemed like there was a kind of a, there was a, not a hole, I mean, a hole in the market for lack of a better term, um, that there was room in the market for me and the way I would do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, though, if I were going to go about to go about this, I'm going to make everything entirely from scratch. I'm going to do it certified organic. Um, and I'm going to constantly innovate because the innovation is the fun part for me. You know, the, the, the creating, the, like the coming up with new things, that's the fun part for me. And so that, it seemed like there was room for that in the market. So, um, I'll tell you, my wife is actually the one that had all the guts. You know, at that point we had our first kid. Uh-huh. Uh, I was at a law firm that, you know, it pays well, it was miserable, but it paid well. Uh, I don't know that I would have had a guts to just quit that and start a distillery. Was your wife working um, at the time? No. Um, okay. Well, yeah, actually, yes, yes. She was still, uh, she was still uh, teaching. So she was, okay. uh, she's, a, she's got a lot of degree in a PhD in political science and she was a professor. Um, so she was just adjuncting at, at Marquette in, uh, at the law school and in the political science department. Okay. Um, hmm. But, um, you know, she was, she was the one that had the guts. She was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's go for it. Are we going to regret, are we going to regret having tried or are we going to regret not trying? Exactly. Yeah. You know, I was like, all right, well, yeah, okay, let's go. Um, so did, yeah, that, that's how, that's how it started. Did, given your background in, in your career and, um, and what you were doing at the, that point, how much planning did you put into it? Or was it literally a jump like that? Or did you, you know, map out how it would work, how it would scale, you know, step by step, how you wanted it to go? Or was it, I'm going to jump in and do this. I've got a vision in my head and I'm going to take some feedback from my customers and evolve the business as we go. Uh, A little, probably compared to a normal business, like somebody starting up with a business plan of total formal business plan and everything, probably a little bit more towards the latter in terms of ad living as we go. Um, I mean, we definitely back of the envelope math type stuff Mm -hmm. went through, went through like, could this work? How would this work? What would it take? 
can we do that? Will it, you know, and, uh, and when that all came up, yes. Um, then I, you know, we didn't put together a completely formal business plan. And I, the part of the idea, the, my approach to it, I've actually read things since then. So I've actually started reading, reading business books, uh -huh. um, that, 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 you know, they have names for these kinds of new approaches to a business plan where it's not nearly a static, because the thing is, once I started looking into doing that, I started getting into like, all right, I'm going to put this number on it. I'm going to put this number. On. I was like, this is all bullshit. Uh -huh. I'm, I'm, I'm making this up. Like I'm, I'm like this number, like the variability in this number is so great. Right. It's so spec. It's so speculative and so important to the numbers that come after it that you end up at the end of this sheet, like nonsense. Like you just, this is just a fiction. So, you know, I, I also came into this with the, with the notion of, um, always being ready, ready to pivot and always being ready to like adapt to the circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it, it was, it was, it was more by the seat of the pants than, than probably many businesses, I would say. Um, yeah, I, I, that, I would definitely, I would say that. Um, and then that continues to be the case. I mean, I, I don't have like a, we don't have a rock solid. This is exactly what we have. We have right now what our focuses are uh -huh. and what we're, and what we're, what we're, our top priorities are of trying to do next. But that's kind of it because it's, it, it's not, we're not going to forecast out what those are going to be because we don't know. Well, especially We'd now. Be, yeah. You're right. Right. Well, stuff like, I mean, not, not, I was about to say like stuff like this happens, but it doesn't actually happen that much. Uh -huh. Uh, <laughs> this is this is this is this is pretty weird. It happens yeah. to Adam all the time, but um, yeah, not normal people. yeah. Um, I'm I, constantly quarantining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, other than hypochondriacs, it uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, uh, <laughs> so this is unanticipated. But um, but you know the you know the first thing we did is we this this started to to flare up. I mean, in January we saw this coming. Uh, I think I heard on NPR, I, I heard some Johns Hopkins guy that was like, so here's the deal. I'm an epidemiologist at Johns Hopkins, and I'm telling you that the, the virus in China is so widespread and so communicable that it is not going to be contained. It's going to go endemic worldwide uh, until, there's a, until there's a vaccine, and we don't know how deadly it is right now, uh -huh. but it doesn't look good. I was like, okay, that guy sounds credible. <laughs> <laughs> so I went and I bought some stuff for hand sanitizer. Yeah. I like got ready for it. And, you know, and now the, from that point it was like, and then other epidemiologists as it says, everybody started to realize this was happening. It was like, all right, we're going to ebb and flow on tightening up and loosening up and tightening up and loosening up restrictions on things until there's a widespread vaccine. And that could be a year, year and a half to, it could be a long time. Mm -hmm. So right off the bat, it was like, all right, well, how are we going to survive that? Um, I don't want to chase. I mean, for a variety of reasons, I don't want to open the tasting room. We have a we have a we have a great tasting room that's like a bar, right? It's like a, it's we amazing. have live music there. And yep. it's a, it's a it's a cool cocktail lounge bar place, and um and I do tours and I give all the tours myself, and it's a ton of fun. Um, but that's problematic. Like that that whole experience is entirely problematic. Um, and I know that we'd be constantly chasing throughout the course of this pandemic. Um all these ebbing and flowing restrictions, um, not just restrictions forced on us, but also restrictions we force on ourselves because it's just responsible. Mm -hmm. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so right off the bat, we're like, all right, I, you know what? We're going to do everything to go. And we're going to try to build a business around that new business plan, like tasting room, previous tasting room where we have people in for cocktails and people in for tours. That's, that's shelved for the moment. How else can we make a living out of this? Um, How can so, we get drinks in your hands? Yeah. Exactly. Fast. And exactly. Your so, yes. Yeah. So, uh, so we, we just have cocktails to go. And we're going to do that um, for the foreseeable future. How does that work then? Uh, How, yeah. You just, is, you know, you drive up and someone runs out, same like any kind of curbside service? Yeah. I mean, so we're, 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 we're ramping up the curbside aspect of it. So, because now that it's getting cold, what we've been doing is because our tasting room, it's got two big, two giant glass garage doors right on the right of the like, curbside. And so what we did, what we've been doing so far as the weather's been permitting, we just open up one of the garage doors and mm-hmm. the bar's right there, practically at the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And so you can walk up and it's quasi outdoor. Yeah. Um, and you just, you could buy cocktails to go. Got it. Um, and, and they're not, you know, they're not just, here's a rum and Coke. For no, 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 so no. It's nothing like, it's nothing like no, that. No, it's, they're not, not at this place. Yeah, no, we're, we're centrifuging cranberries and we're making crazy, you know, like we're really, really making fresh, completely from scratch craft cocktails. It, and then bottling and bottling them. Yeah, it 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 very much looks like, in some, the sophistication of the the making of the drink very much looks like chemistry class kind of stuff. Oh yeah, it's it's legit. Yep. Nice. And um, speaking of the tasting room, you guys are located um, kind of on the the corner of the Lincoln Warehouse building, right? Right. Yes. Right next to the corner. So. Right at the corner of First and Beecher there um, in Bayview, it's a big red warehouse, Lincoln Warehouse. And right on the corner is a brewery. Uh, it was Enlightened Brewing, uh, and yes. now it's New Barons. And so they're, they're the one garage door, the garage door that's right at the corner. And the next two big glass garage doors of the three there uh, oh. are Twisted are twisted Path. Yeah, that's our tasting room. Okay. And we're the ones... We, We've got a big sign, so you'll yes. see that. It yeah. seems like you're the whole corner. I know. At the sign. Are, I got it now. You know, New Barons, that brewery that wasn't lighting now New Barons is right next door to our tasting room, and there's a little hallway connecting the two. Uh-oh. And we just op- we just open it up. Uh-oh. And so they're only allowed to sell beer. I'm only allowed to sell cocktails. But we let people walk back and forth between the two. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of a coll- almost a collective space when we're both open. Uh Component Brewing is on the second floor. Uh, so we've got a great relationship with them. So we coordinate events and things like that. And we send people back to each other. Um, Melt Chocolates is in the building. Yeah. Uh, just, a, just a few uh, loading dock doors down. down. Um, so I, I've, made, I've made things for them to put in their chocolate. I've done like basil-infused spirits for their, for their chocolates. I've used my rum in their chocolates. Oh I've used their chocolates in my spirits. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of top note tonics. Top note tonics is on the third floor. I don't know if you heard about them. That's They're, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Top note is fantastic. Um, so, they, I mean, we use that for everything. I mean, they, they, um, but so they make like a classic tonic you'd think of for like a gin and tonic, mm-hmm. but they also make like riffs on that, like their Indian tonic. But they also make a, a, like a ginger beer. That's amazing. By far my favorite ginger beer. It's actually got like a lot of actual ginger spice to it. Yes. Um, a grapefruit tonic, a lemon tonic. I mean, it, like, and they're all, they're fantastic. So we've got them all on tap at the tasting room and I, I drink them 
uh, to problematic levels. Um, <laughs> He's peeing every three but, minutes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I gotta my go. God. Yeah. It, Tour's it over. Smell like ginger. Tour is like, over. Yeah. Somebody find a cure for tinnitus. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, well, what's gonna? That you, too much tonic. Yeah. You know what's gonna get <laughs> even better when we get through this is that ginormous living center right across the street from you and yeah. all of those people who are going to walk over to twisted path i hope i hope those people have their livers ready <laughs> they're um, and i got the question all the time of people like whoa if there was a bar winning across the street would that be a threat to your business <laughs> and my view to that is absolutely not it just brings more like, people the more the, the yeah. more the merrier right. the more the merrier like I mean, people pay extra to have their bar on Brady, not in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. right? Like, right. I, I'd rather it be a, a destination area, right? So, yeah, I, I I can't wait for that to come up and so uh, and fill up. So let's get let's dig in a little bit to the spirits, and um, and I know Adam's got a question about something. Um, yeah, I've. Honestly, I, maybe maybe I'm naive, but I've never seen bottled mixed drinks like I saw um, the aggressively friendly post <laughs> on Instagram. I looked at that and I was like, wait, did they start selling beer? Right. OK, so, uh, yeah, that's the that's the batch cocktail program. Um, and I got I, there it is. I have, I have to shout, I have to shout out to John East, my guy who has made that program like the whole, the whole to go cocktail thing is Johnny's creation. He's fantastic. Um, so he's, he's a really, really good bartender. He comes up with cocktails. He's extremely creative. Um, also the name aggressively friendly uh-huh. um, dog lovers will recognize this one. It's it, that's, that's inspired by his dog Lou <laughs> because it yeah. totally describes him. He's extremely I... friendly, but just too friendly. You know, <laughs> that's like that's Adam's dog. That's how I yeah. describe my dog. I'm like, yeah, she just wants to love you so much that so hard. she's just yeah. all over yeah, you. Yeah, and I'm you're so nuts, sorry. too. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's he's so got, funny. He's aggressively friendly. So the beer bottle. So basically, the, 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 the to-go cocktails are split into two categories. There's the carbonated ones and the non-carbonated ones. Uh-huh. So the carbonated ones, including the aggressively friendly, are in beer bottles. Um because they're great for carbonated cocktails. So they're sure. 12 ounce beer bottles. And uh, John mixes up, he comes up with these cocktails, he makes them entirely from scratch, and then he hand carbonates. We, we, the trick we were trying to figure out is how to get champagne level carbonation into a beer bottle. Oh boy. I don't know how to do that. Yeah, I'm lost. We lost Brian. Oh, we lost Brian. It was clicking for a second. A little bit. Did you notice that? Yeah, a little bit. I was doing some adjustments. We'll just wait for them to come back. Am I back yet? You're back. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Way to leave us in suspense. Yeah. Oh. You ask a question and you disappear. How do we get champagne level (laughs) carbonation into a beer bottle, Brian? Yeah, well, ask John. (laughs) But this is, but this is, the gist of it is, you know, he, he makes up these batches of it and then he puts some in a bottle, gets it really cold in a freezer hooks it up to a CO2 tank to really high pressure and shakes the bejesus out of it. Uh, tech, bejesus being a technical term. It sounds uh, like it, and yeah. Gets it really high pressure, 
and then slowly releases it. Or actually lets it rest for a little while in the freezer again, then slowly releases it, and then does the whole thing again. And then when he slowly releases it the last time, and then he just gently pours it into the 12-ounce bottle and caps it with like a home brewer capper, you know? Um, wow. And so he's, always, he's hand doing that for all of those, those cocktails. Jeez. Are, are all the to-go cocktails bottled? Yes. So there's so the, there's the 12 ounce beer bottle ones that are uh, those are the carbonated ones, uh-huh. and then the 375 mil bottles that are spirit bottles with a with a cork with a wood top cork. Uh-huh. Uh, those are the stirred cocktails. Okay. So like old fashions, martinis, um, uh, like a Manhattan, that type of thing. That would all go into the into the spirit bottle in the 375 with a cork, um, and the and the 375. What, the way we work it out. Um, is basically it comes out either way to about five bucks a cocktail. Okay, fair. So oh, a twelve okay. ounce, totally a fair. twelve ounce bottle, yeah, a twelve ounce bottle is two cocktails. Yep. A three seventy five milliliter bottle is three cocktails, so it's ten and fifteen bucks. It's hitting this middle ground between there's like there's the grocery store canned cocktail type stuff that can definitely be cheaper than that. And if it is, certainly it's definitely crabbier than that. I mean, it's just like there's nothing no, like it's just not the same thing. Like they're built to be shelf stable. They're not using real things. There's tons of preservatives. There's fake flavors. It's just it's not the same thing. Right. Yep. And then there's and then there's your at a cocktail lounge having one made right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be 10 plus dollars. Right. And also not, you can't do it in a pandemic necessarily. <laughs> yeah, right. So um, this is that, you know, I feel like business-wise, it's sort of, it, it sort of mid, was in the middle. Uh, actually really at the value end of the whole thing for what we're doing to build them. They've been a huge success. Like I, people, it actually took off like way more than I expected. I think there's, I think there's a huge demand for this. And I don't even know entirely because of the pandemic. I mean, I think people. Uh, I think you're right. People, I, think if, I think you're right too. People yeah, just want to pour their drink out onto something. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like at that price point, at that five dollars for a really good craft cocktail that you can have in back while you're barbecuing. Yeah. Or at a picnic that you had to go to, or something. Or um, gift to somebody at, you know, for yeah. uh, housewarming, or just something like, "Hey, I brought this. You got to try it. It's really good." Yeah, or to the like, the, you know, once you hit adulthood, apparently you have to bring wine to all kinds of things. Yes. Like, they're, they're like, where's the like, I don't know, should I bring something? I guess wine. And yeah. like, people bring wine. Like, they just bring wine. Yep. This is like the far more interesting alternative. It is. <laughs> to bringing Absolutely. a bottle of wine to whatever thing you're going to. Yeah. So I'm going to say a lot of shit because I had a lot of built up stuff about how much I love. And, and, <laughs> and, you guys are not a sponsor. This is just pure love from trying and using your, your stuff. So my wife and I do not like gin. We like your gin for some reason. It's just different. Um, yes. I've got the chai. I've, I used the chai in a drink, in a milkshake drink that I was making at Transfer a Summer for fundraisers. Yeah. Earlier, I was just experimenting with some of the recipes you have out there, either on Instagram or your website. And I took the child fashion and I added a little bit of milk and honey and some chocolate. Uh, it was super good. Um, nice. I took the gin old Did fashion. you wear your science? Did you wear your lab coat for this? I like this to. Sounds like you're I, mixologying right now. I really love to um, 
to play around with stuff. And so I used, I took the gin old fashioned, made that, uh, was super good. And then added a little, just a hint of strawberry soda to finish it kind of, and give it a little bubbles. It was really good. Yeah. Um, that's fantastic. Probably my favorite. I mean, so, all right, I've got, this is, don't get, don't get scared, Brian, about, you know, my fandom here. I've got the the gin, the dark rum, the light rum, the white rum, the chai. Uh, I had, I think, a couple other things um, that are gone now, of course. My favorite is a couple of years ago, I picked up a couple bottles of the whiskey. And I still have some from Barrel 9 that I would normally put in a Manhattan, but I used the rum tonight, dark, the, the uh, dark rum tonight, while I was waiting in line for my whiskey with a lot of other people, you were handing out delicious little samples of the rum, which was uh-huh. amazing, which was great. It was a cool day, nice warm rum, it was great. Or rum to warm you up, perfect. And I even have, and Adam's gonna be mad at me about this, the Twisted Path hoodie. <laughs> I'm wearing one now. <laughs> Why am I going to be mad at you about that? Because I didn't buy you one. Oh, yeah. No, now I'm mad at you about that. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> so this is great stuff <laughs> that you make. And, you know, as Adam touched on, the 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 cocktails to go um, process, I think if people have not had the opportunity to get over to you they definitely have to try it. I mean, it's, it's just, it's hard to explain to some people why and how, it, at least it's hard for me, and until they try it, until they come over and then they try it, why and how it's just higher quality spirits. The taste is different. It's unique. It's just, besides all the love you put into it, it just is better. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I, it, obviously, obviously it's, it's a world, uh, it's a rabbit hole I've do, dove down and have appreciated for a long time. And I, you know, I appreciate your, your saying that, um, it, the, uh, Oh, as an aside, by the way, yes. Barrel nine whiskey. If you, because barrel nine has gone, you yes. know, these come and go. Yep. Um, if you did not know, we now have a bottle in Bon Rye. I don't know if you had the barrel proof of bottle nine or the hundred proof of bottle nine or barrel nine. Um, but we now have a bottle and bond. So hundred proof rye whiskey. I did see that at the, at the tasting room. That's not, we have enough of it. That's not going to rent out. So it's like generally available. And okay, good. good. If you like barrel nine, you will like the bottle and bond. So you can make your Manhattan. With it. Good. Um, and, Cause I haven't seen it. Like I, the chai that I have literally like you I, I'm assuming wrote on the label. <laughs> oh um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, no. The chai, the chai is one that we are. We were in the process of just blowing it up. Yep. When the pandemic hit, uh, that's now a regular product. That's in all Sendixes. I see it in Total autos, Wine. Oh, yep. autos, I, discount total. Yep. Yeah, I see it it's around. Yep. Yeah, but it lasts. So we we launched it for distribution. The big the big distinction is is this a tasting room only thing? which we have a bunch of things that are only tasting room uh-huh. and then there's, and then just, just at the distillery. And then there's stuff that we distribute. Yep. And the chai last fall, we decided to start distributing. Yes. And, um, that one just was exploding. 
um, particularly last fall and then into the holidays when people are making chai nog, uh, eggnog with the chai, which we have a recipe for. It's so good. phenomenal. Um, Noted. It's so good. Adam. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I, I drank like three cocktails with the chai earlier tonight with a, with it. It's just, I, we have a, we have a gallon jug of, uh, of apple cider. Oh yeah. And just like a- apple cider chai, apple cider chai. Like it just, it's too easy. Yep. Uh, but that one was just blowing up. Um, and then the, we were about to start distributing it in other states and then the pandemic. Hit, so that, that's on pause. But um, we're about to start making the China actually as one of our cocktails to go. Um, yes. So fresh cream, fresh cream, egg, sugar, and our chai, and our twisted chai, and that's it. Oh, Blended, man. and it's and it's you keep it in the fridge, and it's stable indefinitely, and it's really good. Um, yeah, but no, I mean the the, the spirits definitely. I, you know, if you've never gone down the road of uh, really seeking out and finding really good craft spirits um uh you 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 might not have experienced it but uh compared to the 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 general stuff you find out there it's just a little different um Mm -hmm. and it's it's um yeah like that i mean the gin uh you mentioned that uh it's it's not it's not a normal it's not a normal gin in that it's just a giant thwack of a pine branch in their face Uh uh-huh um, it definitely has juniper, which is what makes gin gin actually legally and traditionally. Uh-huh. Juniper is what makes gin gin, and juniper is off an evergreen bush or an evergreen, yeah, evergreen bush. So that's what makes it piney. Uh, mine has lots of juniper in it, but it has other things in it that 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 change the effect of the juniper, um, that make it softer and rounder, and just it gives it a very different vibe. Um, that a, a lot of gin people are huge fans, of course. Um, but a lot of non-gin people, um, have, have fallen in love, in love with that gin. Adam was, uh, actually just texting me while he's talking and listening and he's like, we've got to get in there and get some of this stuff. Yeah. I couldn't even wait until we were done. I was like, Steve, <laughs> are you free on Friday? We should totally go get some. <laughs> well, it is. that's how excited I am about all this stuff. It is the holiday season. It sure is. And Chinog is next. Yes. Um, yep. I I feel so, again, I feel so naive that I never even thought to put those two together. I absolutely love eggnog. So I think I was just happy with eggnog as it is. But now that I can add oh, China. some spirits to it, <laughs> I, I mind blown. Mind blown. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. So speaking of visiting you. Uh, what are some of the best ways to connect with Twisted Path other than going into your Sendix or um, Total Wine or heading to Twisted Path itself to get a to-go? Well, I mean, those are the main ways, right? Like, um, <laughs> I mean, right now during the pandemic, the problem is a lot of, a lot of the places I think are closed. But uh, some of the places that have cocktails of ours uh, pretty regularly, uh, like Bavette in Third Ward, they almost always have a cocktail using uh, using our spirits. Oh, cool. uh, they, they're fantastic, and they make fantastic food. By the way, they started out with is, is the idea of being a butcher, a butcher shop, like a gourmet butcher shop. But they their food is so good that that's taken off, and most people yeah, and it's kind it of is a, re- it, is a restaurant. It's kind of hidden right on. It's in the Third Ward, kind of. Uh, it's. You you've got to know how to get there on that little road. Yeah, well, I always get confused in the third war with all the angles going too, on. Yeah. But it's uh, yeah, sort of <laughs> yeah. it's sort of 
it's more to the southern end of the third ward, but yeah, that that is worth that is worth going to. Absolutely. Uh, also, also in the third ward, uh, the uh, the Kimpton. Oh, the journeyman, nice. Jer- Kimpton, oh, Jer- nice. Kimpton journeyman. Yeah, they're they they're both their restaurant train Rivali and their uh, their rooftop place, the out- Outsider. Uh, they often feature cocktails of ours that really show off our spirits. One of the best roof, and that, rooftop that, bars too. You know, and yeah, and that that um, you know, I love it when places like. They make a cocktail with it that shows off the spirits. You know, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of cocktails where you can throw something in and you just it, it's covered up too much in the mm-hmm. cocktail. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you when you really show a, a cocktail that shows off the spirits, I really appreciate that. Dan Dan's done that now and then, also in the third word. Um, but uh, I mean, I, you know, the 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 the, the, mo- the best way to connect would be to come to the distillery, uh-huh. of course. Um, and I wish I could say, come on a tour. Uh, right now they're suspended for the, for the pandemic, but at some point we're going to ramp that back up. And I do get, I give all the tours myself. Um, and I, and we didn't get into this, but I built the distillery, um, and I, you know, and all the equipment and I make all the, I make the, uh, I make all the spirits from scratch myself. And so I geek out on it yes. on the tour. Uh, we all have a couple cocktails. We all have a couple cocktails and we go and geek out on, on how I make it and stuff. And it's a ton of fun. It's so fun. Um, so fun. That's definitely that's definitely the way to do it. Um, we just might have to wait a little bit for that. Um, in the meantime, though, yeah, the, the, I mean the batch cocktails. That's that gives you a glimpse into the into the into the world that we're kind of living in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll I'll just oh, add and, uh, the Insta, the Twisted yeah. Path Insta is well worth the follow. Um, great tips, tricks, glamour shots of the product. Really good. Oh, you know, in normal times, we're we've got way more interaction with with actual human beings in person. Uh, but now that we can't, <laughs> now that now that we can't, uh, we're trying to focus a little bit more on Instagram and and things like that. Cool. Well, this was amazing to hear the story um, and dig in a little deeper. Like I said in the beginning, and uh, get people fired up about trying some of this stuff. And Adam. Friday, you name the time. It's time, <laughs> eleven a.m. It's time to buy some <laughs> holiday whis- some holiday whiskey. <laughs> yes. Let me know. I will make sure to be there. And uh, we can, we can. Oh yeah, we got to Yeah, we'd love to meet you in person. Well, that's yes, human to human. You, we'll uh, we'll do that. Of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so cool. Thanks, Brian, Adam. Thank you as well, as always. Yeah. Glad to be here. I was glad I got my one question in. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> my allotted one question. You don't look at the guests, all right? Don't look at them. <laughs> Adam. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, Adam. Thank you, Brian. Steve. And? Now, Milwaukee's own Black Belt Theater. <laughs>